What's happening, podcast listeners? Yep, we're back with another great episode of the Map Action Show. I am hanging out with Raj Kamani. And Raj, uh, we just dive into, uh, yeah, we cover a lot. So Raj, uh, by title, is the CIO of Asia Pacific Global Capability Center Lead, which we talk about what it means to deliver capabilities, what it means to expand network, what it means to deliver a marketplace uh, to your customers, especially at that global of a scale. So Raj uh, just has a brilliant mind, has a mind for people, has a mind for impact, has a mind for leadership. And that's one of the things we talk about is what it means to be uh, a great leader and what, what 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 that actually looks like. He talks about what strategy means. We talk about so many different things that I, I this episode you just do not want to miss. So Raj, thank you so much for the impact that you have. Thank you for the man that you are. And uh, I just overall want to say that I enjoyed this podcast a ton and I hope everybody enjoys it just as much as I did. Raj, thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. My pleasure, Matt. I mean really honored and uh, excited to be a part of this this is my first podcast i mean i've been listening but i've never uh you know spoken in one of them so this is my first time experience on for the podcast well i'm fired up and uh so i'm uh, i'm recording early in the morning which i you know got my coffee going we're fired up and your uh, afternoon time zone right that's correct where uh, so where in the world are you recording from so I'm in the Silicon Valley of India, which is Bangalore, or the new name is Bengaluru. <laughs> That's amazing. Is that where you're originally from? Not really. I mean, uh, I think I lost my, you know, when people ask me this question, where I am from, I find it, I usually take a pause because I do not know what to say because I've been traveling all around India and a couple of international locations. So... I do not know what location should I say where I'm from, but maybe you can say it's a northern or eastern part of India. That's where I grew up. So, yeah, I love I love it. So, so give me give me the background. Give me your story. What what kind of led you up to today? Okay, so well, honestly speaking, you know this. Uh, you know what's my story is. It, it's a very broad question, <laughs> and uh, and I still believe. You know, I'm a very optimistic guy. I always look forward. So I. I believe that my best years are still ahead of me. So my story is sort of, you know, work in progress. <laughs> but, but you know, I, you know, maybe, uh, you know, without sounding, uh, you know, too confusing, but, you know, I grew up uh, in a very small town in the eastern part of India. And, uh, you know, my parents were pretty hardworking people who instilled this value of, you know, work ethics in me. Now, you know, there's something which, I mean, not exact words, but something which uh, uh, is sticking with me is, you know, the harder I work, the luckier I get. And of course, those weren't the choice of words which my parents had, but that's that was the context or the, or the meaning of it. So I firmly believe in it that there's no substitute for hard work and it, it changes your whole perspective. So that's, you know, the work ethics and everything comes from my family and background, uh, my, my parents. And... I always, you know, I've always looked internally for motivation. I never look externally for motivation. I look externally for inspiration, but I always look internally for motivation. So I I, I spend a lot of time doing a self-reflection. And this is not like a, a recent phenomenon, but starting from the career, I was doing a lot of self-reflection. I had some early failures and I was, I was really upset. I think, what did I do wrong? And those time, you know, 
we did not know these words like self-reflection and self-aware. These are like new terms and fancy words, which sounds now. But at that time, what did I do wrong was the question that I was asking myself. So I think that has really helped me to to understand what motivates me, what keeps me going. Right. And, you know, people usually say, you know, what's the role model or or, or. so I usually do not think of one individual as a role model, Matt. Uh, because when, when you think of a role model, you usually try to keep him or her at a very high pedestal. And if things do not, do not, I mean, if one of the element do not meet your expectation, you just, you know, it just breaks your heart. So I usually identify attributes or behaviors in each and every individual. And I see all of them as my role model. So, hmm. so I, I usually feel that, you know, uh, I can emulate good qualities from multiple people to to build my own uh, you know sense of self it's uh it's such a you know it's such a fascinating point i'm glad you brought it up uh we we put these um these amazing leaders business leaders pro athletes whatever you want on such a high pedestal and you got to remember they are just people and they are they are broken in some way shape or form and uh not that that's a bad thing that's just is it's just life and so i i'm always you know a big thing that happens here in the united states are like mega church pastors who are standing up and preaching in front of thousands if not millions of people right and then something happens and you kind of you know uh look what's under the rug and there's usually something that's going wrong right and it happens and so but yet people are so often surprised by that so I love what you said about the fact that like you don't view anybody too high, mainly because they're people and you take the, the good parts about them and you learn from them. So I, I, I really love that perspective. Yeah. I mean, and it took time to understand this, Matt, right? You know, when you're growing up, you know, people ask you this very standard questions. What will you be when you grow up or, you know, who's your role model? And, uh, you know, the society is such that you need to answer them. So you, you make something up, right? <laughs> and you go with the safe bets. Uh, but, Sooner I started learning that, you know, every everyone is flawed. You know, I am flawed. You are flawed. Everyone is flawed. So, uh, and when you see those flaws in your role model or your, or your uh, heroes, it breaks your heart, right? And then you start hating that individual. You do not like that individual for the other qualities for which initially that he or she was your hero, right? So, I, I do not want that relationship where I admire someone and, and the next day I start hating them or disliking <laughs> them. <laughs> I'm sure there's probably some good relationship advice there too. <laughs> <laughs> not, so, not, not sure, Matt. I mean, I, I'm still learning. <laughs> Every day is a you know, new day. And I believe in this philosophy of student for life. Yes, yes. I like it. Um, so I wanted to, I wanted to double click on, you mentioned um, it, the term maybe wasn't around, but you, you so, sort of self-reflected, right? Did you, so this is, this might be a weird question, but I think it'll be helpful for the audience. When you were self-reflecting physically, what you, like, what were you doing? Were you sitting, meditating? Were you just thinking? Were you going for a walk? Was this just like laying in bed? I mean, what, wh how were you being intentional about doing this? So, okay, let me break it down into two parts, you know, how I'm doing it now and how I did it earlier, right? So, I was a pretty, you know, decent student in my school days. So from a small town, I moved to a big city and, you know, like the whole glamour of the big city, I was overwhelmed and my studies dropped. Like, you know, my scores and my grades took a like a nosedive. 
and then i was ashamed because my parents put in a lot of effort to send me to a you know a bigger city spent a lot of money to get me into a good college uh, and i did not and i did not uh, you know deliver on those expectations and i was ashamed of myself so i was just that time it was just like what did i do wrong what did i do wrong and i was just writing things on paper now if i look back on that paper today i will think um, well it wasn't very good but the idea that i need to keep on thinking internally and what did i do wrong is something which it helped me inculcate that practice but today uh, for last two years i got into meditation so i get up sort of 5 o'clock in the morning try to meditate for at least 20 minutes and trust me it's i mean meditating for 20 minutes is like it i, I started with 3 minutes and then i am i'm able to keep it till maximum till 20 minutes but i still have days when i can't meditate more than 7 minutes or 8 minutes so now it is more about meditation earlier it was more about dissecting things and trying to look internally mm right yeah i question, um, it for sure does cuz i i think there's a lot of people who um at least in my experience and even myself like a lot of people who say i want to start to self reflect but don't know where to begin so do you just sit there and think do you you know uh do you go for a walk like for me i i have found um i i love smoking cigars and uh to me like the most self reflective calm like i can actually sort of forget about what happened during the day and more actually like critically think about it is like a long walk pretty late at night and just like smoking a cigar and that's literally the best and it might not be the most healthy but it's like the best uh sort of physical place that i can be in to really think critically about that and i've also you know tried some meditation i have a steam room at my gym where i will work <laughs> on sort of uh I'll work on doing a little bit of that self meditation and um it's it's amazing how how effective it can be. It's not always easy and you're right. Sometimes you go into cycles where you can sit there for 10 20 minutes and it's amazing some you're 3 minutes in you're like man I'm not getting anywhere, right? And so you yeah. just got to keep keep working on it. So I I I I dig it. I love it. So for you walk me through obviously there's uh there's an amazing part of your story that's all around focusing and de- developing leaders and leadership which I want to get into but walk mm-hmm. me through a little bit of your your professional career path and where you went with your career Okay Okay so maybe you know we'll like again uh, start from where I dropped off that you know I I I I was a good student in in school but didn't do very well in my grade 11 and 12 and then I reflected back and I felt that you know I have lost that opportunity to become an engineer or a you know Uh, go in that field because my scores are not that great in india and india is a very competitive country right and when you have billion you know 1.3 billion people you can understand the 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 competition yeah. that you have to face right so if it makes you feel better i dropped off as an engineer really early on there was no way <laughs> <laughs> so 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 i understood that you know uh, i lost that boat because i did not invest time in myself which would have helped me to build the fundamentals of an engineer i have a very engineering mind but i do not have lost that boat so so i did not invest my time in just trying to you know please the rest of the world saying that hey you know i'm still pursuing engineering i said i'm not good at it i have lost that boat let me do a simple uh, graduation in arts right because of i had a not so great score that's where the admission i got so i got into 
uh, in Delhi University for business uh, Bachelor of Arts uh, with major in economics and business data processing. But I felt that is it still in it me? Can I can I still excel in my college? So every three, I mean the colleges in India is for three years, Matt. So every year I took a target and I said I will I will be the school, college topper for this subject this year, and I was able to achieve that. So which which made me believe in myself. If I want to do something, I can do that, right? But still, I got out of the college with a with a graduate degree, which is not very much valued in India because you know when you have engineers and doctors and PhDs all around. But I still started with a very small company, and I just kept on working hard, really, really hard, long hours, which is maybe good at that point of time. But when I look back, I said, why did I work that hard? <laughs> why did I spend like fourteen hours? But maybe. Those were the days which helped because I had that energy, I had that passion. So I was able to put in there like very easily without getting overworked, stressed. And that is now helping me because my fundamentals and my course was, you know, uh, the core understanding was pretty nice. So worked for a couple of companies. I started with a very small travel company, uh, then moved into a pharmaceutical company called Ranbaxi. Uh, and then from there, um, I, I joined them as a uh, business solutions guy. Uh, but at 22, 23 years ago, if you want to really solve a business problem, the easiest thing was implemented technology, right? So, so from business solutions, I somehow became a tech guy. And I had a natural nag for technology. And that's when I got a call from Microsoft and I joined Microsoft. Worked there for for one and a half years, uh, I was asked to relocate to US, to Texas. I wasn't sure I was ready to go to US at that point <laughs> of time. So I decided to move on. And I worked for Pfizer, Bristol Myers Squibb, Clariant, and now I'm with GSK for last six years. And at so, so I joined GSK and consumer business of GSK is carved out and it's called Helion now. So this is my third role in GSK slash Helion uh, in different capacity. And, and I'm, I'm just loving it. So how, uh, what's, what's your, what's your uh, specific, I guess, what would be your day to day? What are you thinking about within the context of your job? Where are you spending most of your time uh, kind of obsessing problems you're trying to solve uh, things that you're trying to, trying to work on, obviously, whatever you feel comfortable sharing. Sure, absolutely. So, Matt, uh, as I said, you know, uh, GSK Consumer Business carved out their business as Helion, which is the world largest consumer healthcare company now. Uh, we are listed on London Stock Exchange. We also had a, you know, the depository in US. So, this separation happened on 18th of July. So, you know GSK, but you may not know Helion. So, the first immediate, uh, you know, um, task or priority that we have is to how do we stand up this new entity, make it established is the number one priority. Now, because of this separation, we have set up a new capability center in India and a new capability center in Poland with four functions, finance, procurement, HR and digital and tech. So I lead these two centers and we are hiring people. So we are attracting talent from the world, I mean, you know, from the industry to join us and be a part of our success story. So, so my second priority is how do I attract and retain talent? 
Right? Mm. And number three, once you attract the talent, it's very difficult to retain them until unless you build capabilities in them until you show them a career path. So my third priority is how do I develop capabilities in these people? How do I nurture that talent and, you know, uh, uh, make sure that it's local to global leadership and, you know, the global roles which comes down to India and Poland. And number four is, as it's a new culture, how do we make sure that we build this new culture together? Because uh, in both India and Poland, we hired close to uh, 500 people in Poland, 400 people in India. And these are 400 different cultures that I've hired, you know, 500 different cultures that I've hired in Poland, 400 different cultures that I've hired in, uh, in India, right? So bringing them all together on the same page and then setting up the vision that this is how our new culture would look like. Right. So that's another thing which is very exciting because uh, there are good things that we would like to retain from our previous organization. We would like to also uh, bring in uh, the new culture which our new employees are bringing. Right. But as of now, it's like managing 300 different type of cultures and expectations and making sure it is all aligned and in the spirit of Helio. Well, I was about to say, I mean, not, not to mention is it multiple different countries that you're doing this for, but you think about four to 500 people at a time that you're hiring uh, in the process of basically building, launching a new brand or company within the context of a, of a larger entity. I mean, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of fun to be had there, but there's also a few challenges, I'm sure. Uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, Matt, it's actually India and Poland, they are both, uh, you know, uh, very important countries and all the companies are setting up their GBS or GTCs in these two countries. So the, the competition to hire the best talent is it's very steep right it's like cut cut throat so attracting and hiring the right talent the right capability is a challenge there are so many players so <laughs> it's not easy matt <laughs> no no trust me i i uh raj we haven't you probably don't know a whole lot of my story but i own a hr software company and we we uh-huh. help in sort of the, the talent acquisition space and so it's been amazing to learn obviously to jump head feet into the space and there's there's so much that you can learn from it but at the same time hiring people just hiring people in general is really hard hiring great people is even harder and keeping people is hard keeping great people is even harder and not to mention it's so i i get the luxury of you know we have a team of uh less than 20 people so we're small but uh there i there's a benefit of still like each person we hire i get to spend personal time with which holds value and people can either decide that they like the ceo or they don't like the ceo whereas when you start talking about like 400 people at a time 500 people at a time there's like a scale to that which even further adds so much complexities to it so all all that to say, I I uh, I, I both am excited for you, and uh, I uh, there's some fun challenges. Absolutely, so. absolutely. I mean, the best part, Matt, is you know uh, when when the task is so big, you actually enjoy the journey because of course there would be challenges, right? And that's why you and I are needed in the system. Uh, but the best part is when you meet these new people, there's so much of learning which you have, right? You know, the thought process, the technology, you know, the people aspect. And that is quite refreshing. So with every interaction that you have with this, these new individuals is, is mind-boggling. Well, not to mention there's also no guidebook to it. Like there's no perfect way to do this, right? It's, it's you lay down the plan, 
you have some form of a, of a concept of the way the plan's going to work. And then in some way, shape or form, it's not going to. So you have to choose, do you sort of double down on what you thought was going to work? Or do you recalibrate and totally change the plan? Or do you make minor Absolutely. tweaks? And, we are and, talking and then, about humans here, right? So I was literally just about to say, oh, by the way, there's people involved in this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's all about humans. So usually I say, you know, yes, we are Helion, but I am the, I'm in the business of people. My assets, my production are people, right? So uh, usually people, I mean, it may sound a bit cliche, but no, people are my asset. I mean, that's what, that what will make me successful. That would, that is what will make my organization successful. Yeah, I love it. So, so on that con, on that, uh, uh, that topic, what, walk me through what leadership means to you. Well, very broad and you know you can I was about to say speaking of another broad question <laughs> <laughs> so so I mean you know it's a mindset uh, Matt you know leaders is not about what position you hold but what what's your mental state and what's your attitude and that's where I start with and uh, it's about as leaders are you really creating leaders right so if a leader is not creating a leader, then I still see him or her or myself as manager. So leader is not about, you know, someone who is sitting at the top and giving directions. It's about sitting beside an individual and saying, how can I help you? Or what is it that you, you, you know, uh, you need to be successful. Uh, I was talking to someone in my team today and I was trying to explain that, you know, um, as leaders, uh, our role should not be to motivate people but our role should be to inspire people right motivation is quite short-lived uh, it's like a you know injection of dopamine you know oh i feel demotivated i come you know do a pep talk and you feel motivated but if i inspire you if i inspire you it is something that you will that will make you go going for a long time and motivation should come internally so do we understand the difference between uh, are you motivating people or are you inspiring people? So that's what a leader should do. Or are you effective or are you, again, you know, inspiring? So one big component of for me is, are you really inspiring? Are you leading? Are you leading? You know, the word leader contains lead, which means are you taking initiatives? Are you taking initiatives? Are you thinking differently? Are you, are you risking things, right? So those are two big components which I believe in. Um, I like that. Um, I, uh, you know, it's, it's always, it's, it's, it's always fun hearing people's different definitions of leadership and you can tell the people who have an academic approach to it, of this is what a leader is versus I feel like, and you did this a couple of times, you're kind of more asking questions of, cause that's ultimately what inspiring leadership is, is more pushing great people to become even better. Um, so I, I, I appreciate that. How have you sort of gone about developing leadership and leaders so you know this shifts always happen when when you you know when you change companies or you change jobs and so i would i would really you know thank my my boss here in in helion uh, amy landucci uh, she's the cdto for helion and when i was moving from head of tech for india to cio for apac and I asked her, Amy, what do you think I should bring shift in my behaviors, which will make it, you know, which will make me successful, which will make, uh, you know, the function that I'm going to lead successful. And that's when she said that, you know, you're a very effective leader. But once 
you go higher and higher, you will lose touch in terms of what people are doing. You can't support them on a day-to-day basis. So you need to be inspiring, right? So, so that people do things for you, you do not ask them to do. So that was one good way of articulating that, you know, how you make that shift from effective leadership to an inspiring leadership team. And those are things and opportunities where you have to keep on listening and watching everywhere and you will keep those learnings. Uh, today, I was in, in the pantry, uh, in the cafeteria, and uh, uh, there was some guy who was, uh, so there was a, a, a lunch which was organized, Matt, and sorry, I'm going to take one minute here. Uh, no, hey, don't, don't apologize. A, You're good. <laughs> so there was a, it was a long table with uh, around 40 chairs on, you know, like, 20 chairs this side, 20 chairs, so close to 40 chairs on both sides. And there was a guy who was keeping, you know, who was making the table ready for lunch. So he was keeping water bottle, you know, the 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 bottles, uh, the water bottles on each table. And then he looked from one side uh, of the table and said, hey, you know what, these bottles are not aligned. Now, if you come and stand there, you won't even feel the difference whether it is one inch ahead or one, one inch below. But that guy took time to align all the bottles. And then he called his guy and said, hey, see, this is how you should align. Now, that's one demonstration of leadership skills. He fixed it. Then he showed his guy how to fix it, what he did. And I immediately went and said, hey, you know what? It's very inspiring what you're doing. So... Hmm. It's, it's a very junior level job. It could You can call it a very manual job. But there's a leadership lesson that you first show to your guy that this is how I'm doing it. And then you explain and train the individual that next time you don't have to invest your time. And this happened today. And then I explained the same example to my team today you know, after after coming back from lunch. I said, hey, you know, this is what I noticed in the, in the pantry and cafeteria. And I was like super impressed. So these are things which, you know, you can pick up these... Uh, small micro behaviors or nano behaviors and this is what leadership is all about it's not about big words and you know uh, you know a profile or an image it's about how you behave how you think how how you how you uh, value people you know i i i like i like that leadership isn't about big words it's it's uh it's always enjoyable to me when people think leadership is just doing the right thing. Well, the funny thing about that, and I don't mean to be such a negative Nancy about that, but if, if, if you're faced with the decision of doing right and wrong, and you know the right answer and you know the wrong answer, you're going to choose to do the right answer. But then life doesn't get that. There's a lot more complexities to it Absolutely. than just that, right? And so leadership is less around doing the right thing. It's more about you ultimately have to make a choice when there isn't a good answer and there might be a better one or a worse one. But what do you do when you have, so something that I'm, I'm dealing with and I'm not going to call it leadership, but I'm, I'm, this is a constant challenge that I have is I have some really, really smart people who who work Mm -hmm. for our business. And oftentimes there are in the right circumstances, you talked about this before, there's a healthy level of conflict. So as a as a leader, when I have one smart person saying we should do it this way, and I have another smart person who thinks they should be doing it this way, and they both fundamentally think they're right, leadership is how you how you bring those people together and you ultimately come to an outcome that's better for the company. Where Absolutely. a lot of and, and that, that that's where it gets it, it, it sounds conceptually easy, but it gets really messy and really tricky really quickly. Okay. And and so anyways, it's, 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 it's always interesting that do the right thing, do the right thing, do the right thing. I, yes, it's a good word, but at the same time, there's so much more to it than that. Agree. So Matt, you know, usually, you know, people, uh, I mean, 
you know i do town halls and people ask me a very common question you know how do you do this conflict resolution right and and i usually say that you know uh, there are two segments of conflict one which is a factual or a, you know uh, conflict because you have different perspective of things and i have a different perspective of things because of experiences or data point right we can get into a room explain to each other and we can get it solved the bigger challenging is when there is emotions involved and that's where the conflict resolution is is tricky right so so i always say if you have to first figure out this conflict is because of different data set or different experiences or is it because there is something behind that you know that opinion because there is a emotions attached to it now yeah. do do i have a formula to crack this no i don't but i usually say that hey you know if there is a emotional conflict let's take it out of the office space let's go and have a coffee understand your point of view let me explain you my point of view ensuring that our purpose or objective is not compromised now as long as our purpose and objective is not compromised then you know you win some battles you lose some battle but at the end of the day the outcome will be there right yep so so again there is no formula you can't win all the conflicts the idea is you need to really be careful what is important and when it is important and ident- if we can identify what is factual conflict and what is emotional conflict it becomes a bit more easier to manage them that's right that's right so what's you you've you said on a couple different occasions and i've gathered that uh being a lifetime learner is obviously a, a big goal for you in your life and something that you're constantly focused on what's sort of raj what's next for you what's something either big or small that you want to accomplish uh a, a leader that you want to develop what what would be sort of uh a, a, what are you chasing right now in your life <laughs> great question matt so you know uh, i started with this uh, tech uh, you know uh, with a tech background you know cios of the organization and this is the first time when i'm widening my my purview and i'm now also managing finance procurement and hr along with tech it right so i'm just i'm just taking this time to understand all this stuff right and understand all the hr processes all the finance processes all the procurement processes and sometimes when you are not in these functions you you are let's say you are in tech and hey you know these functions are very slow they do not understand but once you get into that function then you understand the the complexities which these functions have right so now i feel that i am in a much i mean maybe by the end of one year or two years i will be in a much better uh, situation of understanding the organizational problems because now it's not only tech but all the four functions that i am managing along with it right and Uh, it's not business it is pure support function that i'm managing but it will give me a good understanding the the whole uh, you know the nervous system that flows and how they connect each other where are the roadblocks where are the bottlenecks what could be your super highway what could be your express way what would be always an alley right so at least i feel that in next two years time i will be able to have the complete understanding of where the organization is how we can make it efficient how can we make it Fully digital and ready for future. I like it. I like it. So, Raj, my uh, my favorite question in the world is, uh, "What gets you out of bed in the morning?" Well, so, so Matt, you know, uh, <laughs> usually, you know, you make it like you know, what's your purpose in life or whatever. I mean, I, I usually connect this question with that, and. We had this session like three years ago, where you know there was a you know a, a global uh, 
program that we had leading with growth and all of all the senior leaders were assigned with a coach and who helped us to understand our own journey right so i kept on saying you know my my purpose in life is to provide wealth for my family and that was the statement that i used to used till 3 years ago and then you know the coach said hey hang on are you still struggling there i said no said, then do you really think that is what you wanted because i was able to provide wealth for my family around maybe 10 years ago but i did not change my purpose statement is that what makes me really happy the answer was no right so we did some exercise and i figured out that what really makes me happy is when i feel that i was able to bring smile on someone's face and i'm seeing someone it could be my family my employees my colleagues my even even strangers right and it gives me a, like a dopamine rush when i feel that i was able to bring smile on someone's face and i'm very very cautiously not using the word happiness mat because happiness is a very big word right so and hmm. i'm i think i'm too small to say that i bring happiness no but i think i can really really bring that smile on people faces and that is what uh, is i feel is my purpose in life so when you say what what you know makes me get out of the bed uh, every day you know i feel like oh you know what i will go and then i will wake up my daughter and i will see her smile and then i will walk out and i will you know maybe i will see my parents there who would be you know waiting for me to smile and say good morning so those small things is what makes me you know get out of the bed bed and you know be optimistic that the throughout the day and you know looking forward i love it i love it that's such a good word well raj for um uh also i will say this in the 30 minutes of this podcast i've definitely had a smile on my face on multiple occasions so <laughs> well done um thank you so, so for, of course so for people that want to follow along with the work that you're doing uh reach out to, and learn more about you what's the best way for them either to uh follow follow along with what you got going LinkedIn. on and learn more about LinkedIn, perfect. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to be a bit more, uh, uh, you know, with with my new role, I'm trying to adopt new behaviors, uh, Matt. So I feel that you know LinkedIn could be a good way to connect, stay connected with people. Uh, also, maybe you know, get inspired and inspire people. So LinkedIn, LinkedIn would be the best way to reach out and connect with me. I love it. I love it. Well, Raj, thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. My pleasure Matt and it was lovely talking to you. You just listened to an amazing episode on the Matt Baxter show. It had nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with the guests that I have and the stories that we get to tell and the smack talking we get to have. So if you enjoyed this episode or any of the other episodes that you've listened to, feel free to su- subscribe on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcast. Check us out at themattbaxtershow.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at Matt C. Baxter, Twitter, or Facebook as well too. Uh, I'd love to hear from you, whether it's through an email on the website or whether it's through any of the social platforms. I do my best to get back to people as soon as I can. But thank you again for listening. I hope you enjoy. Feel free to send feedback in any way. And don't be afraid to share the Matt Baxter Show. We're very excited to have you as a listener and hope you continue to listen as well. Thanks a ton. Bye-bye.